This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. We're celebrating lucky number 13 in a brand new year with talk about comics and a chat with Twitter tycoon Cohen Edenfield about social media, breaking into the business, and yeah, Archie's multiple girlfriends. Again. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, we're on episode lucky 13, and I'm very thrilled. It is one of my favorite numbers of all the numbers in the world. Um, fun fact, my other favorite numbers are 27 and 1043. Now you know me a little better. I hope your New Year's and holidays were wonderful. If you are not a holiday celebrating person, um, I hope that the progression of December into January was enjoyable for you and uh, that all things in your life are getting better all the time. (laughs) I was here in the cold in Canada, and I am just about to head back to the sunny embrace of California, and I'm I'm very excited to escape the snow because it has just started to snow here, um, and it's dipping well below zero Celsius. So hot dang. (laughs) I'm excited to go back to the West Coast. Um, Yeah, the holidays happened. Um, I, I don't it hasn't been too crazy. I haven't been traveling, so there's not much from that end. Just been working away. Um, ton of new projects getting set up for the new year, which is very, very exciting. And, uh, yeah, just um, I finished the first arc or the first issue. <laughs> the first arc. Uh, the first issue of the second arc of Edward Scissorhands today. Um, so that was that was fun because that issue took a million years to write. And... Uh, I'm I'm really really thrilled about it, you know, because we're finally starting the second story, uh, and it feels real <laughs> now. So that's been really cool. Um, yeah, just just working on some comics things. Um, if you are listening, the week of January seventh, uh, Edward Scissorhands number three is out. It is out on January seventh, and uh, the letters column in this one I think is real special because My Chemical Romance is brought up not once. Or twice, but three times. Um, You would be shocked to know that the audience of Edward Scissorhands and the audience of Gerard Way overlap. I know. It's shocking. Uh, They also enjoy Hot Topic. I'm I'm sorry to blow your minds here, but uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, the letters column for that comic has been so much fun, and I'm really glad that it turned out kind of how we hoped it would. Because there's there's some emotional stuff in there. People are really opening up and sharing their weird teenage histories and traumas and loves and uh it's been great we've also gotten some really awesome edward scissorhands costumes sent in so not everything makes it into the comic but uh there's been some really really cool stuff so uh if you were a person who's enjoying edward scissorhands and you had a weird teenage life um there's uh, there's info on my blog but it's basically letters at idwpublishing.com and you can put edward somewhere in the subject line and uh putting an okay to print helps a lot too so that we're not uh, committing crimes didn't expect to plug that just now but here we are <laughs> i just love submissions it's great and and i really you know it's it's been really fun to talk to people and interact and really um bring people into 
the weird world of that comic. Um, and I love letters columns. And it's just so fun. It's my first one. <laughs> uh, if you are listening to this the week of January 14th on the Wednesday, then uh, you can now go pick up not only Bravest Warriors number 28, but the last issue of Fraggle Rock. Uh, they've been coming out on the same week, which is weird and crazy, uh, but great. And four is the last issue of Fraggle Rock. And there's going to be a beautiful hardcover from Arkea coming out in, I think, March that we're just uh, finishing up working on all the back matter and supplementary material for. So uh, that's cool. Um, Bravest Warriors 28 wraps up a storyline that I have been really subtly touting as the uh, lesbian mermaid arc <laughs> because I got to do a thing I wanted to do. So that's going to be the last issue of that. And then there's going to be a really fun one shot of Littlest Warriors. So as the Bravest Warriors as kids at um, a an old money themed children's uh, play place. So it's basically like a Chuck E. Cheese that's fashioned as if it was from The Great Gatsby. It'll make sense when you read it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, my friend Carla Pacheco, who uh, is awful, uh, but also great, uh, is running a Kickstarter right now for a book that she wrote called Inspector Pancakes uh, Helps the President of France Solve the White Orchid Murders, uh, which is a children's book that can also be read as an adult book. Basically, it's designed as a little golden book with beautiful illustrations. Um, but then in the uh, in the top margin, in tiny text, is the adult story. So you can read it to a child, but you don't have to read them the whole thing really shouldn't. You would probably go to jail. Um, but I'm involved with the Kickstarter. I did a piece of incentive art for it. So you can look that up, Inspector Pancakes. Uh, it's a really funny thing to say. And uh, yeah, I mean, contribute to it because I want the book to get made. But also, the more you contribute, the more I get paid. So that would be great. And uh, no pressure, but money helps us all in uh, be happy. I don't know. I really hope that you had a great holiday. Um, I have a ton of comics to recommend, so let's get to that. And uh, coming up later on the show, we're we're doing a contest. It's fun. It's gonna it's gonna be neat. I hope that you're gonna want to be a part of it. I don't know. All right, let's do it. I definitely spent some time over the holidays catching up on some stuff. So um, I'm happy to report that almost all of the series that I really love uh, are still amazing. And as I say that, I I, I can't actually think of any of the ones uh, that are bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of things were out. Um, you know, there's always a bunch of stuff that comes out right before the holidays. But Miss Marvel, still amazing. Witches is still amazing. Um, the Kitchen issue two was fantastic. And uh, The Wicked and the Divine is really, really great. And I'm so glad that they're back for that second arc. Um, pretty excited that I got a special uh, insult in the letters column or backup material of Wicked and the Divine number six. I feel like I'm really going down in history as the person most often referenced in the uh, back matter of Image Comics, because <laughs> I've I've made a special appearance in at least two issues of Sex Criminals in the back matter, and I'm going for Bitch Planet. Really working on that. Um, I don't know if I talked enough about Bitch Planet last time, but I went back and read it again, and that is the uh, sci-fi prison women's prison series that Kelly Sue DeConnick and uh, Valentine Delandro are doing, and that. Oh, man. So good. 
I feel like so many people have been talking about it, and I just keep thinking, like, it just came out, even though I think we're gunning up towards issue two now. But, uh, man, what a... Uh, that series is just such an angry kick in the face to the patriarchy. And it's great, and Kelly Sue DeConnick remains uh, my hero, pretty much. So those were all really great. Uh, Image Expo is this week, if you're listening to it, the week of January 8th uh, in... California somewhere, but not close enough to where I'm going to be in California. And I'm kind of bummed about it because I love so many people at Image. Um, I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to announce because last year there was a ton of stuff. I mean, I think Bitch Planet was announced at Image Expo last year. So it's going to be fun. Keep keeping an ear out, an eye out, several whatever listening devices. <laughs> All going to be really great. Um, also, from that same family, um, the Brubaker duo of Velvet and the Fade Out, um, Velvet number eight and the Fade Out number three, both really excellent. Um, Velvet, I mean, I talk about it all the time, but I really, I don't see a lot of press for it. I don't see a lot of people talking about it. And it, I mean, I don't want to say that I know it's because the female main character is not a young, sexy woman, but an older, sexy woman. Um, But I still think that series is the best spy uh, story going. And that one, yeah, Brubaker, Steve Epting, Epting, and uh, Elizabeth Breitweiser. Uh, Elizabeth Breitweiser is also the colorist on The Fado, which is Brubaker's other series right now, which is the Hollywood noir. Um, And Sean Phillips is drawing that one. And uh, The Fado, the covers on that series are fantastic. Um, that one, yeah, I brought up before, Hollywood noir story about uh, a leading lady is murdered and all of the different people involved in the studio are implicated and who knows what's going on. And the third issue had a lot of nudity in it. It was a little sexy. It was, it was great. Um, but that was really awesome. I um, put it to myself to actually try some new series. And checked out uh, Rumble Number One, which is uh, from John Arcudi, James Heron, and Dave Stewart is coloring it, and that is a, a really cool first issue. Uh, but basically, a, a kid, well, he's a young guy working at a bar, and this old guy comes in, and and they have a really great conversation where the old guy's like calling the younger guy on his shit about winning a girl back, and then there are demons and a sword and a giant shadowy figure. <laughs> coming for the sword and uh it's a really a really cool i mean it has that same kind of tone as like ghost rider or southern bastards where it's real hard um but the art is really really beautiful i mean i would i would say it also fits in that realm of trad moore and, and jason latour um just gorgeous like somewhere i really feel like the art falls somewhere in the middle so definitely check that out i'm i'm gonna keep picking that up um my boyfriend jeremy recommended it to me and i was like oh yeah yeah we'll see and then picked it up and read it twice (laughs) so i love it um my favorite thing that i read over the holidays was actually um just one first issue which was they're not like us and that one i had been into because the preview looked really cool but it's uh, Eric Stevenson, Simon Gain, who's an artist I, I didn't know, but now want to read everything from, uh, and colored by, of course, Jordi Belair, who colors 80% of comics and never sleeps and is a god. Um, They're Not Like Us starts out as a very X-Men-esque premise. Basically, a girl uh, is attempting to commit suicide because she can't shut up the voices in her head. She's telepathic to a certain extent. And this mod, you know, young Mick Jagger looking guy comes and basically takes her out of the hospital by using 
uh, his mind, he has the ability to kind of convince people of things. And so he takes her out and, and recruits her to this home. And I don't I don't want to spoil too much, but there are a number of other characters who have interesting abilities and their motives might not be as just as uh, the X-Men or any other super team. Um, and the first issue, just the last page of that issue is so good I mean, just from from a writing standpoint getting to the end of it and then trying to flip to the next page and going what wait what <laughs> and being shocked like that uh was so awesome uh it's, it's a really really beautiful comic and i cannot wait to see more and um i loved rumble number one a lot but yeah they're not like us totally made a huge impression on me um, I also checked out Tooth and Claw number one, which is a series that is now called The Autumn Lands Tooth and Claw, uh, which is Kurt Busiek, uh, Ben Dewey, and Jordi Belair is also coloring it. Again, um, I don't I don't understand her, but she's amazing. Um, which is a very a very Magic the Gathering esque feel. Uh, it's animal people in a magical world and uh, a savior that they're calling upon who might not be all he seems, and uh, it's it's really really beautiful. Really interesting setup in the first issue, and I believe the second one is out. I haven't read it yet, but it looks really cool. Um, I, I I just so routinely blown away blown away by how awesome all the new series coming out from Image are, which is why again I'm so excited for for the releases in Image Expo because it's just I mean I try so many you know Marvel and, and DC series and we'll we'll give them a shot, but Image is just like. <laughs> The quality rate that they've got going on right now is, uh, is is pretty fantastic. So, I loved, I loved all of those. And uh, over Christmas, I got, um, I got gifts. I got gifts of comics from my my. Well, I I recently left my job at the comic book store. <laughs> Shed a tear, but um, from my coworkers uh, there, and uh, I'm pretty excited to crack into them. I haven't checked out any of them yet. But I got uh, the solo hardcover that DC put out, which is a whole bunch of different artists basically tackling whatever DC character they wanted to. And there are a ton of amazing people involved in some really, really beautiful work. So I've wanted that for a couple of years, and I'm really happy that I have it and I can dig into it. (laughs) Uh, My coworker, Lisa, gave me a book that I cannot wait to read, and I think I might bring it with me on my extremely long flight to uh, Los Angeles this week, uh, which is called... Kisses, Size, and Cherry Blossom Pink. Um, it's a collection by Milk Morinaga. I'm sorry if I say that wrong. Um, Milk Morinaga uh, of like girls love manga, but the girliest, pinkest, cutest shoujo, <laughs> like adorable Yuri manga. Um, and yeah, she basically gave it to me and told me that I needed some fluff. And I'm pretty excited to check it out because I've been flipping through it and there are so many rose petals and sparkling gazes between ladies. And I am I like it. I like to mix it up, read some real hard image spy stories and then <laughs> pretty Sailor Moon ladies smooching. Um, I also got uh, the Lois Lane, A Celebration of 75 Years, big hardcover, and I'm stoked to to check that out because Lois Lane is a character that um, I don't know anywhere near enough about for being a lady who likes comics and likes ladies in comics. So that's going to be awesome. And uh, my uh, my friend Natalie gave me uh, Hellboy and the Midnight Circus, which it turns out I thought I owned, but I had only read. So I'm, I'm stoked to have a copy of that now. It was great. Um, I didn't uh, expect to get any comics over Christmas, but I did, and they were lovely. And uh, it was nice to kind of hole up a couple times in the cold weather 
and uh, catch up on the enormous stack of books. She's so So since people who are involved in our Patreon get first crack at questions, because um, I'm totally not above preferential treatment, um, our first question comes from Jake Myler, uh, who we've answered questions from before, but he is the artist on Fraggle Rock. So hi, Jake. You are the greatest. Um, and Jake asks a very timely question, which is, since the new year has begun merely days ago, any res- resolutions or even just goals for the coming year? Um, I made a couple. Basically, I think my biggest one this year is to read more books, not just comics. Um, I feel this year that I really kind of slacked in terms of actually putting new uh, books into into my head. Um, I obviously read a lot of comics, but... Um, I miss it. I miss, you know, just actually finishing books and novels. And I've been really trying over the last couple months and getting, you know, really getting back into it. It feels silly to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot to read. But, you know, it happens with the Internet. So that's, I think, my biggest one. Um, to budget my time a little better because this is my first year that I've been working freelance and not and I don't have a day job anymore. So actually focusing on getting up and reminding myself that I do still have to put in eight hours of work a day and not to just sit around and watch cartoons in my pajamas all day <laughs> to try and do that. Um, and, yeah, there's, you know, a couple moving and, and life and actual, like, real-world goals that I have. But comics-wise, I think those are the biggest ones. So I'm, I'm excited. 2014 got pretty rad towards the end, and uh, I think this year's going to be great. I'm pretty excited that I'm not going to anywhere near as many conventions this year because, <laughs> yeah, I—, I, I, I traveled so much last year I felt like I was going to lose my mind and uh, it's kind of nice that now when I'm traveling I'm going and staying with my boyfriend Um, and you know I still work and I still get to see a lot of people in the industry but I don't have to be on a plane every three days (laughs) it's really nice Zane also from our Patreon page asks while looking you up on Twitter I noticed Bill Corbett follows you which I didn't know hi Bill Corbett Um, which leads to my question uh, are you a Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan? Now, he wrote MST3K, which I assume was, like, his way to see if I really was. But, yes, I'm a massive Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan. I've talked about it a little bit on the show before. Um, I kind I kind of have a Mystery Science Theater tattoo because I have a tattoo of the Metaluna Mutant from This Island Earth, which is the movie that they make fun of in Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. So, uh, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm, I definitely haven't seen all of the episodes, but... Um, and my friend Chris Haley really got me back into watching them this year, and uh, I've been going through a ton of them that I never saw because I think I had this really limited amount that I had access to growing up because my – I mean, we're in Canada, so we didn't have sci-fi. So the only way you could watch Mystery Science Theater was if you had the VHS, if you ordered from, like, the Rhino catalog, I think. So I thought there were only maybe 12 episodes of Mystery Science Theater. I did not realize it was on for <laughs> 10, 12 seasons, whatever. Um so, yeah, there's so many things that, like, I didn't even know about Pearl until a year ago. So it's been great. And I, I really love Rift Tracks as well, which is the modern version. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm so sorry. Uh, Mystery Science Theater is the greatest. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's that's my answer to that. It rules. It's awesome. Um, at 8BitHobo, uh, who still has a Christmas Twitter name. So no pressure, but you're a little behind, um, asks... I saw you using a Cintiq uh, during the Elf sketches. Are they as awesome as they look? And how has it changed how you work? Um, The Cintiq is a drawing tablet um, where you draw on the surface of the screen. Like the screen is is 
It's like it's like if you had a tablet and drew right on your computer screen, basically, um, instead of drawing on a tablet, you know, in your lap or whatever, and then seeing what you're doing on a screen. It's right there. And I've wanted one for a really, really long time, but I couldn't really justify it because... I am a writer mostly, <laughs> so spending a lot of money on drawing equipment always felt a little silly, but, you know, I had saved up um, last year, and I was in the States, and it was a little less expensive, so I got one, and I have to tell you that it is the greatest thing I have ever purchased. Um, it has completely changed the way that I work. I have I've pretty much only been doing digital work since I got it about a month ago, and while I'm still learning... Um, it's just it speeds up the process so much because my traditional traditional way of working is to pencil and ink everything by hand, then scan it in and color it. And when you're penciling and inking by hand, you have to use rulers and and you know it, it takes it takes quite a bit of work and it's still a lot of work to draw on a tablet, but it does save you that process of having to move from one medium to another. And I love it, and I'm still figuring out how to use it, and a lot of my friends are really pressuring me to figure out how to use Manga Studio because it confuses the hell out of me, Um, and I'm still working in Photoshop. But it is really, really, really awesome. Um, If you're at larger comic book conventions like New York Comic Con in San Diego, uh, Wacom, which is the company that makes them, often has demonstration booths where you can go and try one. Um, And even some art schools will actually have them because a lot of schools that focus digitally have them as part of their setup. I've seen that. I think they had that at Heroes Con, actually. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I wouldn't say a Cintiq is something for someone who's just getting into drawing because it, it is fairly expensive. I mean, the, the smaller one that I have, they started about $1,000. So, think cheap. But uh, <laughs> but it's really, really cool. And uh, the problem is if you do draw even a little bit digitally, as soon as you use one, you want one and it never goes away because it's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been really neat. And it's it's actually made me enjoy drawing again for the first time in a really long time because that process of of penciling and inking and scanning and coloring while totally valid and works for a lot of people was starting to get frustrating and and you know as much as I liked the work that I came up with it stopped being fun and it's silly how something just like having a new tool for making art can can really make it fun again and just having that passion like I just started drawing is is that's awesome <laughs> I was asked by uh, someone who goes by Social Justice Amazon, but whose Twitter name is at Mary So, S-E-W. Um, Hi, I'd like to hear more about the creative process behind writing comics. How does your typical workday look like? Um, that's okay. Yeah, um, I like I said before, um, I, I have a weird working process and I'm definitely not as productive as I should be. I am incredibly easily distracted and I work best at night and I'm kind of a night owl. Um, I usually stay up until about two or three in the morning, um, either talking to my boyfriend who is on a time difference or reading. And uh, I I write best at night. So I tend to sleep in till about 10 or 11, um, which is uh, the greatest the greatest benefit of not having a day job because I am not a morning person and I've never been a morning person. And now that I can legitimately get up at 10, it's great. Um, which I will do and get up and shower and go about my business. And I usually start, you know, answering emails and stuff like that, getting things out of the way uh, before everyone in California wakes up because that time difference is kind of an advantage because I can write stuff at 11 in the morning and it shows up before they even get to work. It's great. <laughs> so I will do that for a little while. Then I usually take a break and do some errands. 
come back and then uh, if I have any art things to do for the day, I will usually try and get them done during that time because I, I do have a really hard time writing during the day. I don't know what it is. Um, but if I do have something that I really need to get done, I will unplug and go to a coffee shop and turn off my internet and write because, yeah, I just have the worst easily distracted attention span. Um, but I can draw and usually I do spend a lot of the day drawing. I'll go and eat something, talk to my roommates, uh, remember that there are real people in the world. Maybe go outside if I'm feeling crazy. And then I come back and write and I write a lot at night and I write most of my scripts at night um, for a pretty significant chunk of time. And I know that it is definitely not the best way to work, but, you know, kind of figuring out when I am the most productive in different ways has kind of helped. I do really like drawing during the day. I can draw from right when I get up in the morning, but I can't write. I will just sit there and feel, you know, writer's block and <laughs> just stare at my computer. So, yeah, trying to figure out when when my peaks are for different activities is, has been working fairly well. Um, and it's different when I travel and I write really well on planes. I write really well whenever there's not internet around, basically. So a lot of the time if I do have, have deadlines or I'm behind on something, I just have to basically turn off all my internet and flip my phone over and force myself to get it done. So yeah, um, I <laughs> my process is I procrastinate a lot and I still manage to mostly make my deadlines. Kate, having a contest and you might win Lots of great prizes for you and your kid. Why don't you enter? You never know, you just might win, 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 win. The Great Kate Comic Contest! Here at Less Than Live, we're trying out something new, and we're having our first contest. The rules here are simple. Take a selfie, or go really old school and have someone actually take a photograph, if you're a crazy person, of you listening to Less Than Live. There's some examples of this on Village Soundcast and uh, probably also on the show notes, but get creative. I want to see a picture of you in front of the Eiffel Tower, or making out, or in your comic shop. Um, but send it to us. You can do it by tweeting at LTLcast, or email us at the absurdly long address of less than live with Kate or die at gmail.com with some info about how to contact you if you make the cut. You want to hear about prizes? You get your pick. A short spot on the show to talk about whatever comics you like, or if you're shy, I'll talk at you one-on-one, -on -one, no recording. On top of that, you'll get a prize pack of comics tailored specifically for you. So what are you waiting for? Your real-life obligations? Just do it. Kate's gonna interview you, Kate's gonna interview you now She's gonna ask questions Kate's gonna interview you, Kate's gonna interview you now This is the interview section So today we are talking to um, Cohen Edenfield who is, uh, we're, we're doing a little comics project together, but you know him best as Cohen is a ghost on Twitter, which is a strange way to introduce somebody, but uh, his Twitter name is at Skull Mandible, uh, and if you, pretty much any, anytime you ever see a list of best tweets, he's on there. You've seen it. Um, uh, so you, that's what I'm doing. Hey, Cohen. <laughs> hey, Kate. Hi. 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 Hello. I thought how I would start it off with a little bit of e ego boosting. Well, that's always good. Yeah. And that, that's a that's a good way into my good graces, always. <laughs> um, I'm going to wrestle about a lot now for a minute, now that we're recording. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> get my wrestles out, you know, for the folks at home. Uh, so how are you? How are I, you? How are you doing? Oh, you've turned this right around. 
Oh, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> this is my interview program. Cohen, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm great. I This is the first chance I've had to relax since July. That seems very stressful. It, yeah, it's a, you know, PhD program combined with, you know, the demands of being a social media mogul. Yeah, you know, tell they, tell the audience a little bit about that. So you you are a PhD student and instructor. Yes. Um, I I take classes. I'm almost done with that. I get like another year and a half of that. And then I have to take exams and write a dissertation, which is a book no one will ever read. And I also teach undergrad students, like, mm-hmm. two, like two classes a semester. So uh, sometimes, so it was, this past semester was my first time, like, standing in front of a class and doing that. And on the last day, a student came up and said, hey, oh, hey, can we follow you now? Like, what, are, <laughs> what are you talking about? Because I, I thought I'd been keeping it a secret, but yeah. it wasn't. And they knew, knew, apparently, that's just, word has gotten out. And, but on the plus side, uh, all my uh, the other people in my cohort are struggling to fill up their classes, and both of mine filled up uh, on day one. So, wow. good, I guess. That's we'll yeah. See. <laughs> That's really crazy. I mean, I would assume that pretty much everyone in your class would would know would know your secret double life. <laughs> oh no! I, I for a long time, um, I actually had a really panicked reaction at a not panic, but. Well, I panicked on the inside. It was like a, an explosion in my heart. But um, just, you know, smile, pasted on my face. I was at this department thing, and a pro- professor I don't really know I well came up and said, so I hear you have the big famous Twitter account. <laughs> and I, I almost threw up on him. But instead, I said, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and But he got it out of me, and it apparently just got out and it just kept getting out and getting it out. And now I'm, I don't know. It's, which is only recently I've put my last name out there. I was really cagey and sly about it for a long time, but now it's, it's out there. It's too late. I think it's a good one. The people yeah. know. They know. Thanks to you. <laughs> well, no, not just thanks to me. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I suppose this thing that we're doing will have your actual name on it. So that was, that was sort of the big, Thing is like I wanted to put my real name on that. Mm-hmm. This is my first first thing like that. Yeah, and you know I wanted to have a name on it. So I'm gonna. I mean, for so for a lot of people who listen to this who are comics people uh, who might not be as big into Twitter, they might not they might not know you the the unlearned oh, the unlearned fools of the world. <laughs> right. Well, thank um, God for you, Kate. <laughs> this Le- is leading leading them into the light. Exactly. I'm just trying to educate the masses. Um. So, uh, Cohen here, uh, when, when did you start, um, what, what Twitter, the thing Twitter. that you do on Twitter? I don't that even really know how I to explain do. it. Just I tweet, you know, I make jokes. It's, it is weird. I don't, I, a couple of times a week, um, someone will ask me and I don't, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I'm being made fun of. They say, Hey, uh, you're really funny, but I don't know why you're famous, <laughs> but what do you do? And I'm, I'm just like, this is it, man. This is it. Yeah, you found it. This is, though, as you know, personally, I've recently been trying to branch out into other things. Yeah, but um, so oh yeah, you asked me how I got started. So I got started. I uh, just started doing it. I had a year between undergrad and grad school because I didn't get into grad school. And what are you? What are you year. studying? What's your PhD? Um, in? 
literature, particularly uh, English lit, which is to say Southern lit in America, particularly Southern lit by women. And that is my thing. That is what I like. Mm-hmm. I like Flannery O'Connor. I like Eudora Welty. Um, I like Toni Morrison, who isn't really from the South, but she wrote her master's thesis on Faulkner, so that counts. Uh, I just women. I laughed at that joke South, as if I got that reference, which is great. I feel very posh. That says a lot for my. That says a lot for my timing. <laughs> you know where the joke is. Mm-hmm. This is not my first <laughs> um, rodeo. Oh yeah, so I just made jokes, and then uh, one day Ryan North retweeted me, and then that choked me up. Was like, that it? Was up. it Ryan? Yeah, I was at like three and a half thousand. And then he made that joke about the peanuts, the capitalist peanut thing everybody likes. And uh, he retweeted it and then it just sort of went from there and then just kept going. Yeah. And here we are. And it's actually turned into a mildly profitable sideline income, which I didn't expect. Yeah, so um, you, you managed like the peanut. Uh, to capitalize <laughs> on your success. Um, so how do you how do you go about doing that? Well, first you get a lot of encouragement from yeah. your friends, mm-hmm. which is what I did, which is what I got from you when you told me that I should do it. Yes, and I always encourage everyone to make money. <laughs> yeah, and I I hope this isn't. I hope I'm not going to ambush you with this, but you were actually a major source of the inspiration for me. Oh, um, thanks. Because I read. I read, yeah, well, you know, I read a post you made about uh, asking and trying to get things and getting it out there. And I, I could just see you out there sort of, you know, on your grind and like getting stuff. I'm always like, hustling. Oh always. You are. <laughs> you are. Yeah. I, have, I have just like, it's more a crippling fear of being broke. Um, mm. And so I've become very good at, at finding ways to not be broke. Um, just it's, it's all fear. Like any person, I think, in the creative arts. <laughs> right. Well, that's good. That's yeah. Good fear. Mine is vanity. Oh, okay. Well, there's, I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of that, too. Yeah, and, you know, the pit in my heart that I need to fill with love all the time, constantly. <laughs> so, that's how I cracked in to this business. <laughs> I need more people to know me and, and, mm-hmm. and need me. Mm-hmm. Building up the Cohen is a ghost brand. Yes. Um, so, so what? Uh, so, what do you do? What's your uh, what's what's your business? So, I sell things in Etsy. I have an Etsy shop, which is just I think it's just Etsy Skull Mandible. Um, but if you just if you just search Etsy Cohen is a ghost, that'll find it too. Um, probably there'll be a link somewhere. Um, but. Uh, I started, it started off as a joke because I thought, okay, I got to monetize this. I'm doing this. I'm spending at least 45 minutes to an hour on this, just like reading this website and making jokes on it every day. This needs to start paying out somehow. <laughs> so yeah. I thought, I, I thought long and hard about it. And I thought, okay, there's two ways to go about this. There's the thing where you try to do something very legitimate and nobody gets mad about it. And then there's the thing where you just you just go with the most audacious route possible. And I thought, what's the most ridiculous thing I could be selling? <laughs> and the answer was handwritten tweets. Yeah. So yeah. So for ten dollars American, yes. I will write a tweet 
it out for you on a note card. I will handwrite it, and mm-hmm. then I will put it in the mail, and I will send it to you. And for another $2, I'll laminate it. Laminate? Oh, wow. I didn't know that yeah. you had gotten oh, that but, far. Oh, no, no. That was, yeah. No, preserve it. For sure. oh, and I wrote fantastic. like this like two and a half page long description <laughs> of, the, of the thing, sort of written from the perspective of somebody who was furious about it, sort of raging about the idea that somebody was selling their tweets. And That's I think, really good. I imagine that somewhere there are people who are mad about it. And that, that drives me too. That's mm. delicious to me. That just makes me so happy. And uh, so that's, it paid my phone bill the first month. That's amazing. And it paid my power bill the next month. And now it's just doing okay. Yeah. And I also have my Monopoly cards. Yes. Now you sent me a set of those for Christmas, which was yes. such a treat. I got them on, uh, I believe, my last day at the comic book store, uh, they arrived. <sighs> so it was a monumental moment. Your last uh, day, for, your last day ever. Yeah. Oh I, no! I quit. I quit the comic book uh, store. Um, I'm not caught up. I'm. I'm. Un- I unfortunately have a real job now, <laughs> which is making. I make comics for a living full time now. Yeah. So the it's crazy. Strange adventures are your own now. Yes. Um. I will still. I mean, I'll still always be involved. And I basically told the Valkyries they couldn't kick me out. So I, I remain a leader, even though I don't work in a comic book store anymore. But I'm still going to run, like, the ladies' nights that we do and, like, the free comic book day stuff. Not, I don't run that, but, you know, participate. Um, you will rule it, is what you would With do. an iron fist. <laughs> God queen of, of that. Yes. Yes. That <laughs> Again. Um, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure I got those. And they were – now, was that was that a thing that you were you were tweeting or was it – yeah, that was that was like the second big jump. Um, yeah, because I think so that's like sort Ryan, of about when I you know, came on board. Yeah, it was just after. So Ryan North retweeted, and then I, I went up. Um, it jumped up to like six or seven within like a month, and then um, and these are always anytime I have like some successful thing that like takes off, it's because I wasn't doing work I'm supposed to be doing for school, right? Which is really really making me want to quit school because it's really <laughs> reinforcing that I don't need to be doing this, but uh, I don't need to be essentially paying to do this. But so I just, I'm just sitting at my desk at, at my office. I'm supposed to be working and uh, somebody, I saw something about Monopoly and then I just made these like funny cards. I thought they were funny and I just tweeted them. And then just like within like 15, like within like 10 minutes, it was like at like a, thousand oh and then like now i think it's like 22 23 thousand oh that. like, that's like, insane yeah that was that it was and that was the one where it's like uh, all of a sudden it's like you know like andy richter is following me and joss whedon and Pat oh Noswell. my god like, yeah it's like what the what the fuck is going on <laughs> at all. wow that's amazing and, i've never had anything on twitter take off like that um, it wasn't, and then all of a sudden, people are saying, "Hey, can I can I work on bodies?" And then you know, so that was back in. Let me see, that was back in like April. So mm-hmm. market savvy that I am, I waited nine months about to start <laughs> selling them uh, again for like ten or twelve dollars. I don't know how much the price is now, but mm-hmm. uh, I print them off, mail them to you. Again, I'm just putting them in an envelope. Now, do you them. do you draw the little like icon as well, or? Uh... Oh. 
Oh no, but no. I used the one from like 1910 Monopoly. Oh. So it's actually fine. Okay. So it's all good. That's amazing. Yeah, cuz they yeah. are they're very it's very dis- weird surrealist like weird fiction Monopoly cards. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And they're amazing but, yeah, and you can you can integrate them into your actual game. Yeah, that's my yeah. hope is that people yeah. will just slip those things in and just and just and, and then uh, you know deny any knowledge of how they got into the set. You know, you know, put them in the you put them in the Monopoly. You wait a few weeks. You suggest Monopoly, or you wait for somebody else. Wait years. Wait till <laughs> the next time your family plays Monopoly. Say nothing. No, nothing. Deny all knowledge. Yes. And buy, buy them. Buy them because oh my god, please. It's, it's getting so cold. <laughs> um, here's a funny thing. I'm I'm trying uh, to to go to it now, and Etsy is down. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be back up by the time that uh, this airs, yeah. um, because we have yeah. a day buffer. But right now, as we speak, uh, I was trying, because I wanted to read aloud some of your Monopoly cards. Oh, no, there it is. Uh, is it's it, here. What? It is. It's not I working it. for me. Maybe it's America Internet. American Wait, Etsy is fine. We'll go to Etsy. Now. You go know what's really Etsy. fun to listen to on a podcast is technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, the people love it. This the is, people do love well, it. They um, want to see us. They want to see us terrified and struggling. It's so weird. I don't. I don't. Uh, what a what a funny time that we're all terrible. having. What a what a funny well, what if and I terrible just, time. What if I just sent you like the link to the tweet? Would that yeah, work? I don't know why it's, uh, why it's not working. You can if you like. Um, well, you know. I do like to sell things, so I do. <laughs> maybe people will be. I want to help you. Delighted. Um, okay, so as you're in oh, the wait, oh wait, oh, where do you was being <laughs> down? Just like a was that just like a cover? No, it really it really <laughs> just won't work <laughs> for me. Enough. It's fine. I'll try it again in a little bit. Um, so okay. to bring this back around for the people who have okay. come into this uh, as a comics podcast and are like, why? Are you talking to oh, yeah, a yeah. person on Twitter? Um, you are, are pretty well, I mean, known and, and followed within the comics community, I guess. If Ryan North was sort of the first person that was really putting you out there, I could totally see that happening. Um, for the people at home who don't know, uh, who, who truly are fools, uh, Ryan North wrote the first 35 issues of the Adventure Time comics, but he is best known for Dinosaur Comics, which he's written for upwards of 10, 11 years, something like that. Um, he, he's written in a long time. A very long time. And he is also the writer on The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which is coming out this week. Um, so excited. I am so excited. I've loved it's Squirrel Girl is my favorite. I'm so Because you can't beat her. She's unbeatable. She is a squirrel girl. And I have, Ryan has given me some uh, insider behind the scenes information about characters that are to come. And I am <gasps> so excited. I can't talk about it oh. here. But I can tell you that... Um, it's gonna be great. It's gonna yeah, be we, great. Tell, tell me, tell me later. I will in secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so you're doing that, and then you and I are doing a project together. Um, yes. Which is the first time that I have drawn something that someone else has written. Um, I didn't know that when yeah. I asked you to. Well, that's why I, I think realize. that's why I was so shocked because no one ever asks me to draw for them. People ask me to write for them or to write and draw a thing. But um, I always feel that my strength is is so much more in my writing than my art. So I was I was quite shocked. I was just like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> well, I love I love both, but in particular, your uh, your your ghost comic you've been doing 
in the yes. little town with the which the name escapes me because I always just go to Cater Die. It's what Little is, Ghost. It's just called Little, little Ghost. Ghost. Yep. Yeah, I love I love that, and that was just so it was so perfect. And I was like, this has got to be it. This is this is perfect. This has got to be the thing. And I'm sorry for like putting you on the spot. No, no, was, it's fun. I was I mean I was surprised, um, but I enjoy a challenge, and uh, I like doing something different. So we are doing. And it's so funny because in these situations, I never know like what you can talk about and what you can't. But we've already talked about it online, so uh, that that's far gone. Um, but we're doing an Amazing World of Gumball comic. Yes. Um, I think yeah. Cool. I think I've already talked about it on Twitter. So whoops. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I was I was told to go nuts. Okay, was cool. The exact quote, Perfect. So. Um, so yeah, that's from from Boom. Um, so you're working with my longtime editor Shannon Waters. Yes. Um, Yes, that was a that was a weird thing. Yeah, um, was it weird? I, well, no, no, not working with her. But the way I, the way it happened was she was okay. So you might you might know this a little bit, or you might not because you're just really good. But um, so there's there's kind of I've been trying I've been writing comics and trying to find an artist since I was six. Oh wow! I I actually used to just take um like a computer paper. And just trace Calvin and Hobbes. I would trace <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes strips and just write new dialogue. Wow. And I've, I have like pages and pages and scripts and all this stuff. And it has just been all I've ever heard, you know, just all over the place was don't, you know, if you can't draw, nobody hears about your script. Just don't even try. People stumble into these jobs and you can't get them. And that really, for a long time, I really sort of gave up on the idea that I was ever going to find anyone who wanted to read anything who wanted to draw something based on mm-hmm. you know something i had written and shannon was making some she made said something kind of thing on twitter about uh artists it's really hard to find. please make it easy to find your contact information on your artist page mm-hmm. and then i made, and then i sort of joked i was like but i was i was thinking of you as i did it because i just read that post about you know putting yourself out there and asking for things so I said, uh, "Oh, hey, how, what about writers? You know, but also kind of, kind of a joke, like mm-hmm. you know, sort of the in the way that um, I often ask for things I really want, but as a joke because I'm terrified of rejection." Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. She, 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 I, <laughs> I said, do that all the time. She, yeah, oh, yeah, all the time. She said, "Oh, is, I didn't, are you serious? I didn't even know that was an option. I'd love to." And then it just went from there, and uh, she's. There's potentially other things in the works, maybe, mm-hmm. that, uh, again, I, I don't terrified to talk about because yeah. I don't want to wake, wake from the dream that <laughs> things are but actually... That's pretty exciting. It's extremely exciting. I'm yeah. super excited. It's ridiculous. I, 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 it's it's really the... It's like the realization. I know it's, it's like a... It's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. I'm not, this no. is me being self-deprecating but it's it's literally the realization of like a 20 year dream that's so awesome actually, yeah and you are making it happen ah well try and help so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty excited and and like totally terrified because i have never drawn anybody else's script so i'm i'm like mortified that it's going to be awful um but i am excited to do it and uh yeah i'm gonna start doing that uh when i'm in la so that's gonna be oh really neat i know i'm gonna draw it on my brand new my brand new cintiq <laughs> Um, with so. your, with, with your, is, is, is your, is your bow going to be there? He will. He oh will. man. He will be around. Uh, 
It'll be blessed. <laughs> we'll be blessed um, <laughs> by our uh, sordid love. It'll be great. Um, I'm very, very excited. I'm very happy that he's getting he's getting to know all my weird uh, internet comics friends. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, the thing that I, I I wanted to to bring up, not even you know as a as a specific point, but just as as a as an interesting fact that we do. Okay, backtrack a little bit. People who are really dismissive of social media, um, mm-hmm. and then you look at things like this. Like, you and I both are only in comics because of social media. Absolutely. You know, I got into it from Tumblr and Twitter. You got into it from being a ghost that makes jokes on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, what a strange age that we live in that this can happen. Yeah, and the big, and it, my big other person, my, I should just, but, but the other person who really, I, you know, well, there I have a, I have a pantheon of people whose their their attitudes and actions in their life inspire me, and one of them, of course, is Ryan Noor. Mm-hmm. And just the way, and for a couple of years, I hated him what? because, well, I know <laughs> how, it's impossible to hate Ryan. No, I know, no, <laughs> but not not because because I wanted. I told you, just I could forever. I couldn't find anyone to draw anything I'd written. And the mm-hmm. concept of dinosaur comics was so right. perfect. And it was, I mean, it's what I did when I was like a child, just like taking like art over and over and just like adding new words. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I was like, Oh my God, I want to have done this. Like wanted, yeah. it was a very, it was an ugly side. Everyone but, wishes they had come just, up with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, there are so many comics like that. And I think, I mean, everyone, a lot of people who get into comics credit, like manga or like superhero comics or things like that for really, really getting them to not just like comics as an art, but want to make them. But for me, it was web comics and it was people like Ryan and like XKCD and Diesel Sweeties, all three of which in their own way are comics by people who don't really draw, you know, yeah. and I mean, XKCD is stick figures. Diesel Sweeties is pixel art. Now, I mean, Diesel Sweeties is definitely the most artistic, um, but still, it's definitely people who got into it because of things they wanted to say and, like, things they wanted to write. And then, you know, combining that with Kate Beaton, who was then scratching her comics on, like, spare paper working at a museum. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, like, I find that so much more inspiring, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Or, like, uh, or even, like, or like uh, Brian Clevenger. He uh, does, like, Atomic know. Robo. He started oh, yeah. off, like, yeah, making yeah. sprite comics of Final Fantasy characters saying yeah. bad words. But... Yep. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, you, this access we now have to just... It's weird because I feel like a lot of people are still stuck in that mindset where if you... The first thing you have to do is sit down and write a novel. Yeah. If you want to write. You can't... Or the first thing... If you want to make comics, you need to make comics and then send them off and then hopefully they will be bought and then the next day you'll get a big plaque in the mail mm-hmm. that says you're an official comics person and no one gets jobs like that and no, no one actually develops their skills by starting on their final project. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, that's that's the thing that I find so funny is that when people will be like, oh man, check out this weird comic that like Ed Brubaker did 10 years ago. Isn't this funny? And you're like, man, everybody had to start somewhere. You know, yeah. <laughs> like everybody gets into it. Um, you know, I, I mean, for me, it's, yeah, the Adventure Time stuff, but like everybody, you got to, find something and it's not always you know where you want to end up being where you start but it's really 
I just find it so fascinating and I can just like always talk about how social media has made it it's just so different to get into this business than it, than I I am told it used to be. Yeah, which we owe a lot of a little we owe a lot of to people like Shannon yeah. who are who came up, you know, fought their way up and then and then are willing to then like look at people like themselves mm-hmm. and say, okay, who are these people who are in this non, who are these people who are not, you know, and, and I think, a, I think a, maybe a big thing, especially, and it's especially a route, I think for, for, uh, for women, for people of color, mm-hmm. because it's, whereas we, you know, we've got the, Mar- I mean, Marvel and DC are getting better, but there's totally that idea of the 25 year old who walks into DC with his stack of things under his arm and he shakes a hand and it's you're hired and that happens three or four times a decade and that's yeah. where all the comics people come from mm-hmm. but there's all these avenues now mm-hmm. that are maybe people start all people start on them and because there's you know nobody's going to reject your Twitter yeah because what is there to reject you know, it's just <laughs> you're just I mean who, who can get mad at like Twitter account. I mean, well, people do all the time, every day, constantly. Mm-hmm. But it allows people who maybe are intimidated for whatever reason or to. I don't know. Am I? Am I? Am I talking about it? No, 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 I, I completely. I know what you're talking about. It's uh, it's a thing that I always bring up, and especially when I'm on panels and things like that, because people will ask me. I mean, I get put on these like breaking into comics panels, which I find. So funny because I've been in comics for a grand total of like three years. <laughs> you know, like I'm still doing it, guy. Like I don't work for the big two yet. Um, so you know, it's it's I, I'm definitely in a much better place than I was when I was making angry feminist comics uh, that were very poorly worded on Tumblr. But um, you know, it's it's all the all I can say to people is just like put it out there, and you know, people are going to be terrible about it uh, sometimes. But you have to do it. You have to get seen and. I do think we are really lucky for people like Shannon. I think she really, whether people know it or not, really kind of turned a corner in uh, comics looking at indie artists and webcomic artists and hiring them for mainstream work because I don't think it was a thing that was being done anywhere near on the same scale before Adventure Time Um, because I think that broke a lot of people into, you know, getting work. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And having a job so that if they wanted to apply somewhere else, they could say, well, I already did this thing. You know, I, am, I have like, been yeah. published. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I now feel like because so many, so many places have, oh, if you've never been published, no applications. Like that's, it's yeah. such, it's such a huge door to break down just to have your name in print in a comic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. That how one, it's much awesome. the barrier that is. It's so much fun. And you're going to be so excited because this will, I mean, the, the one that we're doing will sort of be the first time that yours will be in print, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me think. Unless oh, you... I had. I, I wasn't. I mean, a zine about butts. <laughs> I wrote a well, butt sonnet. That's that's pretty wonderful. Yeah, my students found it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the I... butt sonnet. The butt sonnet's amazing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The butt sonnet is brilliant. Oh my goodness! Know. If you have access to Google, uh, person uh, listening, you should look up the butt sonnet. I assume it's findable. Yeah. yeah um, Astrophil and Swella. <laughs> it's <laughs> so brilliant. With two S's on the on the S and then oh my God. swell it. It's brilliant. So, yeah, um, that was a, that was a <laughs> you know that was actually uh, Emily Partridge put that together. 
Oh was, yeah. I was like, yeah, and I was like, hey, I'll I'll do a thing, and so I wrote that, and bam, there it is. That's but, awesome. Uh, there's there's nothing like paid work is there well and it'll be fun because you'll get to go into the shop the comic ye old comic uh, establishment and you can pick up a comic and your name's on the inside yes it's very exciting i'll 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 pick up 40 or 50 uh, (laughs) yeah i think i'm i'm probably gonna spend i'm easily gonna spend everything i get paid for it just buying copies of it i think yeah but that's okay but it's worth it It's it's very it's very exciting I, I mean, I distinctly remember because I still have several copies of the first um, Marceline backup <laughs> with my, oh my, with my little Lumpy Space Princess story in it. Oh, my God. That was you. Uh, yeah. I mean, because I got started. I did the, the one about Lumpy Space Princess and, and Slime Princess. Yes. Um, where Lumpy I... Space Princess turns out to be like a crazy fan stalker fan girl. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I didn't know that was you. That was me. That was my first... Uh, it was my first like published comic outside of the tiny little thing I did for Womanthology. So, oh my God, that's yeah. so crazy! It was crazy, that. and I did that, and then the, and then it was the Lady Lemon Grab one in uh, Fiona and Cake it was the other yeah, I that, that I did. I have that too. And then then I went from that to writing a graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, big big jump, which is really terrifying. really good too. I you know I just read it for the first time. That's kind oh. of the terrible thing about mm. graduate school is I don't have time to read all the things I really want to read by all the people I really like. Yeah. Instead even even read, as a person who does comics for a living, I don't have time to read all this all the stuff I want to read. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I don't have time to read any of it. Mm-hmm. Is the thing that's and so I, I'm, I'm I'm in this break right now, and I'm so I just have this stack that I'm just mm-hmm. like tearing through. Like I just started reading Saga. Um, oh, like for the first time? Yeah. I, well, I, oh yeah, God. I didn't know. I didn't know about it. Oh, so you are in God. for such a treat! That series is on bear, just unbelievably good. Yes. It's great. Yes. I love Saga so much. Oh, God. Yeah, with the, with Prince, the robots and the, the magic and the oh, technology. Man, yeah. And yeah. the love and the love. It's so good. Between. It's just so, it's so amazing. Yes. I heard about it uh, from, you, from you. This is actually, this. it's an honor to be on here because yeah. you really, you really <laughs> like, listen to God, Sorry, I'm gushing. Gosh. Sorry. Like, this has really revitalized my interest in because for a lot of time for a long time i didn't i didn't read comics because so my first exposure to comics was um when my mom went off to get her phd she had to like she had to stay like three hours away mm-hmm. so she would come home on the weekends and every weekend she would come home and she would bring me like a calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. anthology and um moved from there into like other newspaper comics collections and also in the attic, my dad found like a couple hundred uh, Archie comics from like the 50s and the 60s yes. that I just devoured. And oh my God, they were so good and so weird. Archie is amazing. I mean, you know how much, a, how much I love Archie. But... You know, what, a, what a strange world. Oh they live in. man. I feel like there's in every other episode of this show, I just like get started on a rant about the dynamics of of archie (laughs) it's in every it's it's so weird because it's like all these relationship um all these relationship uh pattern patterns uh, well the relationships made sense in like i don't know the 50s Mm -hmm. but it's like they preserved them so it's like the fellow with the two girls yeah just would never exist in this day and age 
ever. We're friends. Yes, they are friends that are both dating the same guy, and they hate each other because they're both dating the same guy. But they are still both dating the same guy, and presumably well, they- like sleeping with him. I mean, obviously that's never shown in the comics, but they're like seventeen, and everyone's yeah, very you know hot. You know so, what it is. Yeah. Well, they hate each other, but only insofar as extends to their interactions with him. Any other time, yeah. they're going shopping, they're yeah, fine. Best friends. The times. They it, love each other. Like, it makes no sense. I mean, if it's it's just so strange. Yeah. Or, there's no teenage relationship that exists like that ever. Yeah, but I feel like it, it, it's weird because it's like I feel like also maybe. There could be in like thirty years, yeah. <laughs> like, or like ten or fifteen years. Maybe we could. Like, it's weird. It's like it's so old that it's come back around again. Almost, we're almost mm-hmm. there. Where that could that could be like I don't know. It's, I mean, there's you know, there's a there's a I, I don't. This is related. Um, I don't often get uh, really sort of nervous talking to other creators. Um, it definitely happens every once in a while when it's someone that I, you know, really like or have read a lot of their stuff or, you know, Kelly Sue, who I've met like 20 times and she's still, I'm still nervous around her because she's so amazing. <laughs> she's just like a glining, glining? That's glining. Word. <laughs> Glowing and shining oh, is what oh, I was going doing, for. You're doing it right now. You're just imagining that she's there. And I just, just yeah. Just, and I'm stumbling because I just think about uh, talking to her and I can't, I can't function. Um, no, but uh, I became... I'm Facebook friends with Dan Parent, who uh, created Kevin Keller and works on Archie. And uh, I remember that I got, like, we met at a convention. He's a really nice guy. Like, we totally got along and everything. So it's a very normal thing to have happen. I'm not, like, bragging uh, or anything. But the day that I got a Facebook request, I sat there and I was like, oh, huh, 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 you work for Archie. Like, that was more exciting to me than if it had been someone who, like, draws Spider-Man because Archie was such a massive influence on on my growing up. Um, and uh, I've just, I'm like, oh, 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 my God, you work for, like, the Mecca, <laughs> which is so strange. And I don't think a lot of people feel that way about Archie, but I really do. It's definitely a, a like a like a touchstone in my past. This in this like because I just said you know I was like five years old and I just mm-hmm. I was like oh okay this is what the world is like and then, you know when I actually went out into the world it was real letdown and, uh, just from this but uh, I, yeah that's that felt that that weird oh my god that that's how I felt when Chris Straub followed me yeah but um, I was like oh my god oh my god and I feel like it, that's he's He's really breaking out right now, but I think, but yeah, no, he is. But for a long time, I felt like, uh, I don't know, just his stuff is like so good. Do you, do you know, do you know Chris Trove, you know what I'm talking about? I know the name does, and, and now that you're saying it, I can't think of who it is. But he does Chainsaw Suit. Um, he did a Star Slip for a long time. Uh, he's, he's in, he's, he and Scott Kurtz did some stuff. Okay. They often team up. He did some stuff for Penny Arcade. Okay. Some, like, he was on, but he does this comic, and you were, oh, oh my God, you have to read it. It's it's the best. It's called Brood Hollow. Okay, and I've heard it, that name. Yeah, I've, I talk about it too much. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> it's this thing where, uh, and it, it actually, I keep talking about, like, newspaper comics when I was a kid, but I had this, um, 
I had this big, like, it was like 100 years of newspaper comics. Mm -hmm. And uh, on there was this one page, this two-page spread, where on one side it was uh, The Adventures of Tintin, and on the other side it was The Adventures of Little Nemo and Slumberland. Yes. And so on one side, Tintin, and you know, you know what Tintin looks like. It's like real oh, yeah. simple, flat colors. You know, he's mm-hmm. walking around. That's sort of that French look. And mm-hmm. on the other side, it's Little Nemo and Slumberland, which is, you know, it would always be one enormous page, half a yeah. newspaper page color. And it was, he was having a dream about being a whaler. Mm-hmm. And this squid was like reaching for him. And it was like, so the juxtaposition of those two images was this like, thing that stayed in my head mm-hmm. like for years. And the first time I read Brood Hollow, I was like, oh my God, did he have that book? Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's like 1920s Americana. It's an encyclopedia salesman. It's It looks like Tintin, wow. except he's in this weird little town where people's memories aren't up to snuff, and they have too many holidays, and they're all really weird. Okay, and, that sounds like my kind of deal. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden there's like sudden terrifying art shifts where it gets <laughs> really creepy, and there's like people monsters sewing people together mm-hmm. and monsters that only come if you forget to shut the door right and just just ugh, it's so good yeah and, i'm all about that kind of thing you know me yeah yeah no i know <laughs> we're in the night Vale fan club <laughs> absolutely no, it's, 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 that's awesome they could they could exist in the same universe that it's is very fantastic. cool i really enjoy it oh check it out yeah i'm, I'm wishing I wish I made it. It's another one of those things where I, I have. <laughs> I have so many them. comics like that. I wish I did that. I wish that was me. I wish I came yeah. up with that. <laughs> um. So, Cohen, I am. I I found. I finally got Etsy to work here. Okay, um. Work. I've been doing uh, technical support this whole time. We've been talking. Who knew? Yeah, I could tell. I know. It's, I disguised it very well. Um. I my goal here is that I'm going to read a few of these Monopoly pieces that you too can own by going to Cohen's Etsy store, and then. And then I'm going to ask, well, I mean, I guess we already kind of talked about your favorite uh, comics, but we'll do that and then we'll see. But uh, are you ready for a dramatic reading of some of your uh, Monopoly cards? Okay, but I want you to do them in your, you told me you can do a plum voice. I can't, no, I can't do the plum voice. (laughs) I want you, you have to do one of them for the plum voice. Do do it. Oh, God. I think it's been too long since I watched it, which means like a week. Uh, <laughs> when I it, when I met the... Brian, uh, Brian Burns is one of the show writers on Bravest Warriors. He tried to get me to do the plum voice, and I was just like, "No, <laughs> no." You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. Do it. The old man, the one with the old man. I don't do think it. I get my heart's beating so fast. <laughs> it's just plum. That's just what she does to you. She she does. Plum plum causes me a lot of emotions. Okay, okay. Well, you don't you don't have to just. Yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. a couple of them first, and then we'll see. Okay, we'll see where we go. I don't know if I... Oh, oof, plum. Um, so these cards, which you can integrate uh, into your Monopoly deck uh, feature. Uh, the, you said it was from the 1910? Yeah, so really old. They look, they, look sim- they look very similar, but they're slightly different. So these ones are and like the- creative commons or whatever now at this yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. Nobody that cares? My, yeah, um, that, was my, um, that was my intention. There's so... <laughs> they're just so great <laughs> and i was trying to explain them to my coworkers when i was opening them and they were just like i don't understand <laughs> i was like no it's it's like it's like monop it's like weird fiction monopoly right 
Um, yeah, it's, a, it's it's one of those things where it's like if you if you like it and you get it, it's like immediately. It's like oh great. Yeah. It's like you don't. No amount of words could explain. All right, I'll read a few a few chants and a few community chest cards here. Okay. Um, chants, which features an image of a, a man, the Monopoly man and his wife uh, embracing, says, "Steal a moment from the Reaper, advance towards death, regardless." Chance, which features uh, the Monopoly man on a train that says toot. Use a train however you want. No one can tell you how to live your life. Chance, featuring the Monopoly man in a prison outfit being kicked in the behind. Uh, they think they can kick you. They were correct. You have no rights. That one's, I think that might actually be my personal favorite. <laughs> Community chest. Featuring the Monopoly man with a broken leg and, and two uh, crutches. This this art is very violent. Yeah, yeah, the whole really, art is weird. Man. It's really weird. The limitations of flesh are an illusion. Heal the mind, the body will follow. Community chest, featuring the Monopoly man flying out of a birdcage, says only one cage remains. Fly toward the sun. That one actually used to be the get out of jail free card. Oh, yeah, it says this card may be kept until uh, needed or sold. Yeah. <laughs> I love these so much. Which is technically true about all of the cards. Yes. Uh, yeah. I also enjoy Community Chest. You lived well. Re- relive decades of debauchery in the harem of your mind. All right, I want to hear you try to do that one in the plum voice. That's the one. <laughs> you lived well. I can't do it. It's too embarrassing. That wasn't. That wasn't. That was perfect. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is so bad. I'm gonna get it wrong, and then people are gonna listen to me like you were bluffing. You can't do Plum's voice. No, they'll know. They'll know. Cool. She would never say this. <laughs> I can't. Okay, okay. I can't. okay. Then do the one with the do the one with the the cop. I bet you do that one. Oh wait, which is the one with the cop? Oh. <laughs> A soldier of the city-state attacks. Lord, his heroism. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. That was terrible. That was fantastic. <laughs> That's like, my plum voice. She was, here. she was here, I think. Cohen is a ghost. In this and nothing else, he is truly free. That's the last one in the set that you can get. And it has a little Cohen icon. Was that all right? Did I do okay? Did I pass the test? Yeah. Fantastic. There Can were I? actually a lot of them you didn't read, and I'm glad, because now people have to go buy them. I, I tried to do about half, so that people would have something to, to look for and look forward to. Exactly. Perfect. There we go. Oh, I'm so, like, flustered. I can't... I'm doing voices is, for some reason, for a person who talks this much. Oh, that's fine. Um, so we did kind of talk about uh, all of your favorite uh, comics, Um or at least, do you have any others that you would like to that you would like to throw out there? Yes, I would like to throw out uh, the unwritten, which mm-hmm. is something I feel was written just for me. But <laughs> I, I hope other I hope other people like it too. So it's uh, Mike Carey and Peter Gross who did. They first teamed up when they did uh, Lucifer, mm-hmm. the sequel to Sandman, which for a long time was my all time favorite comic series ever because I just. I had an enormous crush on Lucifer. He's just, uh, he's, he's just so cool. And I, I used to read it like I used to read like the whole series like every six months or something. Wow. And so it's but uh, unwritten is 
I think it's and I think it's wrapping up. It starts off with this guy, and he's at a comics convention. So there, of that's course. good. And he's he seems like uh, his father wrote something that seems like a sort of like a Harry Potter knockoff, mm-hmm. but um, he shares the name of the main character. His name is Tom Taylor. And um, while he's at this convention, sort of just fielding questions, because this book is like this book series is like massively successful, mm-hmm. but his dad has disappeared. While he's fielding mm-hmm. these questions, this girl stands up and asks, you know, who are you? Uh, because apparently all of these details from his past are not really known. And it ends up becoming this, it's not metafiction because I, I don't like metafiction. I don't know. I don't know how you describe it. I guess like interfiction, but that, that sounds kind of dirty. Uh, it's like he's good. He's, there's this collective unconscious that story, all stories tap into, and there's ancient cabals, and there's a Leviathan that is also words, and there's a vampire, <laughs> and they traipse in and across London and the United States and Australia and in and out of stories, and um, they're chased by someone who may be the devil. And he has a wooden hand that kills people by turning them into words. Right. And it is, it is just, oh my God, it's, it, it takes until about the fourth trade until you have any idea what's going on. But then it's, <laughs> that's a lot to ask of the reader, but it's really fun the whole time. It's yeah. just really mysterious. And it, mm-hmm. at that point it's, oh my God, it's, it's, it's kind of like lost. I feel like it's the wicked like, and the divine is doing that to me uh, right now where I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I'm going to. Um, that's the pan- that's the pantheon. Room, yes, it is. Right where they yeah. they have avatars. Yes, I'm looking forward to. I'm going to get into that. It's very good. I uh, I pointed right. out earlier earlier in the show that uh, in the sixth issue, uh, Kieran Gillen insults me personally in the back matter of the of <gasps> the issue, which is fantastic. We are we are friends. It was a it was oh, a friendly jab. Um, that's what I figured. <laughs> although I do uh, take a great deal of pleasure imagining people that sincerely don't like me reading that and taking it seriously. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it comes across pretty deadpan. Um, I wanted I, Jill Pantosi actually in our last episode. Uh, the yeah, thing yeah. she really talked about was the unwritten. So it's funny that it's come out uh, two oh, two shows God, in a row. No, I mean you had described it completely differently in a whole bunch of different elements that I didn't know about. But um, having two people that I whose you know opinions on comics I respect so much recommended so highly that now I'm like okay, well I have to I have to check it out because I had read about half the first tra- first trade ever trade paperback um probably two years ago and i i didn't really get into it um mm. but i feel like i need to try it again because everyone seems to love it that you know whose opinions i respect oh well thank you <laughs> well, of course yeah. were there well, were there any others uh let me let me think because i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to be a, a chatterbox here let me let me, let me think. <laughs> uh i had a bunch of stuff and stuff come in um I'm about to read. This is probably this is probably point. I'm about to read uh, Bittersweets. Have you mm. heard of it? I've, I've, that. I've, I've heard of it. My copy got my copy got for Christmas got ruined along with a couple of other comics. I saw that. That's awful. It's a nightmare. Yeah, but I it came in. My replacement came in today, so I'm excited about that. Well, did and, you know, Cohen, if you're uh, still listening to this around January 6th and or 7th, that you can get either Seeing Red or Bittersweets on Comixology for three and seven or three and four dollars, respectively. Did you know that? I didn't. That's, a, that's an insane bargain. What an incredible deal. Oh, so, my goodness. 
See him doing. I'm being you enterprising. Know, you know what people should do? They should order. They should order it through their local comic shop or on Amazon or whatever. And while it's getting there, if it's not already there, they should also buy it on Comixology. They should. They should do both so that they have both copies. Yes. Such as how I have just... both the vinyl uh, copy of Taylor Swift's 1989 and the digital download, both of which I paid for. <laughs> right. And you also have that, um, you also just have the recording of yourself singing the album, right? Yes, but that's just for personal use. Yeah, but I mean, you do have it. Yeah. Of course. You got to count that. <laughs> Oh, she's been God. I, I did not expect that. That that's not. I guess that's what she does, though. She's beguiling. She is. She beguiled me. Truly a, a good witch. Yeah, I think she beguiled my dad too, which was. <laughs> <laughs> I love of that your course. dad loves 1989. Oh, and just Taylor Swift in general. It makes me so yeah, happy. I mean, for his for their 50th birthday, my mom for oh for like the, you know when they both turned 50, my mom. Uh, I think she got a really nice pair of cowboy boots and my dad, they went to a Madonna concert. That's amazing. Yeah. That's my parents. That makes me like very in a nutshell. Happy. Right there. <laughs> uh, well, Cohen, um, I'm going to do my little outro bit now. I feel like if I reference everything as I'm doing it, it seems a lot more natural. Um, so if people want to find you on the internet, obviously they can, uh, support you financially by visiting your Etsy shop, uh, mm-hmm. which is just Cohen is a ghost. I've found it myself, so you too good, good, good. can find it. And I know on Twitter you're at Skull Mandible. Where else uh, can people find you, seek uh, you out? Yeah, let's see. Uh, I got Skull Mandible is on Tumblr. I've put some of the longer stuff. I mean, just Skull Mandible. I don't know how Tumblr It's Tumblr. Whatever. I'll put some of the longer like if I've done like drawings or whatever on Twitter, I've put some of that on there and I've, I've written a couple little longer things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, I have an about dot me page that I just set up because I felt mm-hmm. like I needed to have some kind of thing that was not just my Twitter. Yeah. So if you are, if you are interested in hiring me to write, which you should, whatever, which you should, because I am just a delight on the written page. Uh, that is and in person, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and move to the United States. Go ahead and do it. Get out of, leave your frigid. North. I'm trying really hard. I'm, I'm working on it. All, all of the people great. that can help me do that, we're on uh, Christmas vacation, so I'm going hard back at the, uh, the old lawyers. <laughs> the old lawyers. The old lawyers. <laughs> the old lawyers. The old law folk. Say he lives at the edge of town. Yes. No one sees him. Nah, right. my uh, my boyfriend is too handsome not to live in the same uh, thousand miles as. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you live about as you live on like the. I live about the wrong side. We live about four thousand miles apart. Yeah, three Jesus three or four, Christ. something like that. I'm as far east as you get, and he's about as far west as you get. So. Yeah, and 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 as far south, right, LA. Yeah, That's, yeah, and I'm. You know, it's interesting. It's yeah, interesting. Star crossed. Indeed. So on that, so you're you're about dot me thing. Um, anything anything else that you want to mention? Throw out there before we depart oh, yeah. into the night. Uh, yeah, and that was about dot me. Uh, whatever Cohen dot Edenfield. Mm. Uh, my actual name out there. Very bold. Crazy. But uh, no, I think thank you for having me. You've been a lovely host. Wow. Oh, well, you've been a lovely guest. Thank you. Uh, I look forward to 
listening to this and cringing every time I said something stupid. Oh, I do that every time. I have like a personal game where every time I listen to the show, I can hear one word that I say too many times. And it's a different word every show. So every time I think I've capped it and like learned to stop saying excited or stoked so many times, the next episode I will say absurdly or rad too many times. Do you want to know what it was for this show? What was it for this show? It was actually elegant. He said it 17 times. You would think I would remember that, but again, I think I just get so swept up in the moment. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. No, I know, I know. I was playing along. We were doing a bit. Yeah, and I killed it. You did. Sorry. <laughs> get out. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Cohen. show. I'm returning to the sun-drenched shores of California, where at least it's not winter, to hide out with uh, my boyfriend and watch Lord of the Rings all over again, even though we just did, which is how I want to live my life all the time. Uh, We'll be back in about two weeks with another episode, maybe on location, maybe over Skype. Who knows? We're making this up as we go, and you know it. In the meantime, rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you like our show and want to make all of our dreams come true in the new year, consider donating on villagesoundcast.com, or you can participate in our Patreon at patreon.com slash lessthanlive, where not only you keep the lights on, but you get fun perks and you get uh, to ask questions for the show before anybody else. So that's fun. If you've got questions or you want more, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at LTLcast, and you can get show notes after every episode at lessthanlivecast.tumblr.com. You can also find more information about the contest we talked about this episode there and on villagesoundcast.com. Hope you all had a really great holiday and a great 2015 already and in the future. Keep reading comics. I'll miss you. know how you don't know this by now but this was a village soundcast network original production and you will listen and you will respect